0: Let's pray together. Uh, Lord, we um, come to you this morning, God, uh, looking at this idea of vines and branches, Lord, and I pray that you would use this scripture to challenge us and to grow us. Um, Lord, would you challenge us as your community, um, as Emmanuel, as Christians, um, as we worship this morning and as we live out our faith in every other arena of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been moving along in our series, The Way of Jesus, this whole summer, and we've been building up to some important things for the fall. We've already told you that we're building towards this small group launch and emphasis. Um, And that's why we're spending like six or eight weeks talking about Christian community and how important and valuable that is for the body of Christ. And in a way, typically deeper than what we can experience on a Sunday morning, right? Right. And so last week we talked about conflict, uh, a thanks to Perry Fruling from LCMC for being here. We had 22 people at our conflict workshop after lunch that day, and two other churches sent some people and were represented as well. Um, and we're thankful that we are working on like, tools that we can biblically address conflict in a way that honors God and is healthy to God. That's one of the things that our culture is just not good at. And typically, we as the church, especially old Norwegian churches, right, we're not good at that maybe sometimes. We kind of want things to just move away, and we don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. And sometimes it honors God to address conflict and to resolve it rather than ignore it or do anything else. So we're thankful for that and that we're growing in that. The week before that, we talked about the role of community and how it holds us accountable to each other and to God's word. It encourages us and it even admonishes us. It it corrects us in love at times where we need correction in our lives as well. So, community has many different roles in the Christian faith. And so, the point of this series is that we have room to grow in all of these areas, right? This is about having a biblical worldview of a Christian community, a biblical worldview of what it means to follow Jesus and say, I am a Christian, I am a disciple. We want a view of the world that is based in scriptures and consistent with Jesus Christ. We have room to grow in our discipleship, and our disciplines. We have room to grow in our understanding of God's will for our lives, God's will for his church, and our understanding of God's word and what it says in relation to those things. We have room to grow in our obedience in the big things in life and in those little everyday things. We've talked about that. Like how we spend our time and how we spend our money and how we treat people that we don't know very well like we have room to grow in all of these areas none of us are perfect none of us have arrived at the new heaven and the new earth yet and we have the room to grow in our living out of healthy Christian community and so that's why we're focusing on this so much so today we're talking about a shared vision and a shared commitment that the body of Christ has and Uh, This is like the glue that holds us together, right? This is the force that sort of compels us to be more than what we are today. It's what draws us forward. It's like the invitation, right? It's like that gift on Christmas morning. Uh, That gift is what gets you out of bed and goes down to the tree to pick it up and open it and see what God has for you, to see what your friends, your family, your loved ones have for you. So this vision that we're going to talk about today is what compels us as the body of Christ. It is what keeps us together in Christ. So this speaks to who we are today, and it speaks to where we're going. And I think it'll be good to dig into this conversation. So our scripture passage from John today talks about the vine, right? And uh, Jesus says that he is the vine. Uh, And I think we'll find in this world that there are many vines that we can attach ourselves to, right? Right? So, we want to know more about the true vine. And so, let's dig into a couple pieces of this passage here from John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So, first of all, Jesus is clear that he's the vine. He is what gives us the life and the green leaves. He is what allows us to produce spiritual fruit in our lives. The way of Jesus is the way of recognizing in every part of our lives that Jesus is the vine. Money is not the vine. Politics is not the vine. Sexual identity is not the vine. Comfort is not the vine. Independence is not the vine. Even this church is not the vine, unless Jesus is here in our midst, right? Right? Jesus is the vine. So who are the branches? Well, it says that we are. We are the branches, according to verse 5. And we're the branches if we're willing to do one of two things. Either produce fruit or a willingness to be pruned so that we may produce fruit, right? If we don't fall into one of those two categories, the branch... It's taken away. It's removed, just like the flower up here. There's a, there's a whole lot here that used to be part of that plant that is no longer part of that plant. And we'll apologize to our custodian, Jeff, later for that. This is one of those things that could fall into the category of hard teachings from Jesus, tough teachings, that sometimes the branches need to be removed. And that's not necessarily the focus this morning, but I think if we want a biblical worldview of Christian community, we recognize that sometimes people attach themselves to other things that aren't Jesus. And sometimes God prunes. And there are things in each of our lives that are not of Jesus. Those sins, those habits, those passions, those things that we tend to that maybe aren't contributing to our healthy whole life that God has in mind for us. And we should be willing for God to prune us, too. Just as much as we hope that God prunes somebody else that we see those faults in. Verse 4 in our passage this morning says this. It says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abiding in Jesus. What does it mean to abide Simple definition is this, to remain stable or fixed in love. And in this case, Jesus, who is love. To remain as indwelling. We want to dwell in Jesus. We want to remain stable and fixed in Jesus' love. This is what being attached to the vine of Jesus means for us. This is what we do as a branch if we don't want to be removed We abide and we stay plugged into Jesus. We dwell and abide in His Word. We dwell and abide in prayer. We dwell and abide in His presence and His community of believers. All these things we've been talking about this summer. We dwell and abide in Jesus, the true vine. So, friends, as part of the community of Jesus, we're called to be healthy. And being that we're all imperfect people, and none of us have arrived at perfection yet, That means that our community is not perfect, and our community of people has not arrived at perfection, but hopefully we're moving in that direction. Hopefully we're realizing more and more in our lives that Jesus is who we want to live for, that Jesus has the answers, that Jesus is where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. And this will be realized when we have unity in Christ Jesus. We've talked about this a few times this summer as well. Christ is the vine. Christ is the nutrition for us in our community. Christ provides the vision for us in our community. Christ provides the spiritual vitamins and the water. All of it. All that we are in Christ is because of Christ. All of it. He provides everything we need, even the grace that saves us through faith. So Jesus is the vine, He is the glue that holds us together. As tempting as it is to attach ourselves to the vine of a building or of a tradition or of this philosophy or that ideology or the American dream, those things are not Jesus. They are not Jesus. They do not give us the life that we need. It's not that we can't be a part of those things or engage with those things, but they do not provide us true life. Only the true vine of Jesus does that. Jesus is the vine. He is the glue that holds us together. And the unity of mission that a a local body of believers can have, the uh, the vision that we can be called to as the body of Christ, is because of this vine. If it's going to be a healthy mission, if it's going to be a healthy vision, it's because Jesus has supplied it through him, through the vine. He is the glue that holds us together. So, So what does it mean then for a church... What does it mean for a church to have a shared vision in light of this passage? And there's two different ways I want to look at this. Um, But first, there's a difference between a mission and a vision, right? Any of you who've been uh, in the entrepreneurial world or worked for nonprofits or companies, like there's these simplified statements that really define who you are and what you're doing, right? So the mission is the reason, reason for our existence, right? That defines why we are here. And uh, RS CityServe has a mission. And Emmanuel Lutheran Church has a mission. The LCMC has a mission. Our mission speaks to why we are here. And on our mission here at Emmanuel is to grow deep relationships in Christ and make him known to all. That is why we exist. And so, what about a vision? If a mission describes why we exist, a vision describes where we are going. It is that reality that compels us to move forward into something more than what we have realized today. So where are we going? First, I want to talk about it in general. And you can see where this is going if you've put the dots together. A Revelation passage that was read this morning, this is the big picture of where we're going, as the body of Christ. This is the big picture. So I'm going to read a part of this passage again from Revelation 21. The beginning and the end. And Jesus continues to lay out this picture of where we're going as the people of God. A new heaven and a new earth. Maybe that's part of your prayers every day. The dwelling place of God is with man. It's like this reality of Eden, this this thing that we read about in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that is fractured by sin. God is coming to actually restore that, friends. It gets restored. In in general, our vision here is one of immense hope. It is one of joy. It is one that comes as a benefit of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Our Lord who is good, eternal, and perfect. Gives us a vision that is good, eternal, and perfect. This is where we're going. So in general, we know that our future lies on the peaceful shores of the river of life. And that even if we have a tear again, God will be there to wipe it from our eyes. That's the place I want to be. I hope you do too, right? So in general, this is where God's people are going. This is where we are going as followers of Jesus. Then there are specific ways, right? There are specific ways that God gives a vision that is of Christ, that is consistent with Christ. And those specific things are going to bring us closer to this general vision, right? They're going to bring us closer. They're going to further our work and our reality to this general vision that God reveals to us about what is coming in the end. So maybe, maybe one of the visions God has placed on your heart is that you could see hunger eliminated in our community. That, I think that's a godly vision. I think that's consistent with what we read in the Scriptures of God wanting to be there for the, the brokenhearted and the downcast and the hungry. Or or maybe it's a vision to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. That's a God-given vision that I think more in our churches need to have. Or maybe it's something very specific, like realizing a goal of having 20% of our community in worship on a Sunday morning rather than the 10 that is more accurate of the Roland Story area. That's a very specific vision. It's one that we can work towards, right? So what does this look like for Emmanuel. And when I talk about Emmanuel, I'm talking about these people at this place at this time, right? God, God has aligned these people in this room and as part of our church community in this time, like this is not a moment that will ever happen again. All of our stories are kind of like interwoven and some of them come together for a while and they go apart. But I believe that God always has like a purpose for us, even today, even tomorrow, even yesterday, right? Right? What does this look like for a local church? What does this look like for Emmanuel? Well, the first thing is this. It needs to look like Jesus. It needs to look like Jesus. God is not going to call us to do anything or say anything or work towards anything that goes against his truth and his law. It's not going to go against the teaching of the scriptures and it's not going to go against his love revealed through the person of Jesus Christ. So this is why we see a history littered of church splits and church fights and implosions because we as humanity, even as Christians, we tend to get led astray and we often strive for things that are inconsistent with Jesus and we make those things the most important things to us. And we adopt teachings or worldviews that are inconsistent with Jesus and we don't do our homework to see that. And we forget the vine in which we were called and met and created to be attached to in the first place, where we're supposed to be drawing our whole existence from. So anything God calls us to as a church, as individuals, or as Christians across the globe, anything God calls us to should pass the test of being consistent with the Word of God and consistent with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the vision. The old hymn that we sing sometimes, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. That's what it's saying. That's what the prayer is in that song. Jesus is the glue that holds us together and that compels us forward from where we are today. So what does this then specifically look like? Um, I want to walk you through something that Council's been working on for a couple years here. And uh, Council has been doing a visioning process that I've been blessed to lead um, and kind of put together and facilitate Um, This visioning process was super disrupted by COVID. You can imagine that, right? Because a lot of the things that we were working on and thought we were gonna get traction in, just everything just went away for a few months, which was disappointing. So we've been getting back into it over the last few months and catching up and doing some more work. And the first part of this process that we actually concluded early in 2020, right before everything shut down, this process told us some of the growth areas that we have as a congregation, as a local church. And I believe that these growth areas, which we've been addressing in many different ways since then, since they were identified, these growth areas um, are going to influence and impact our vision. They're going to influence what God is going to do through us in the, in the future and what God is calling us towards and into So I want to outline these three things for you. And this will kind of bring you up to speed on some of what Council has been doing for this visioning part. So the first one is this. The first major area that we identified was that we want to grow in the area of spiritual growth and discipleship. Council found a great need for more people within our church family to be studying God's Word and to be orienting their lives around Jesus as the center And people who want to move forward in faith rather than just sit where we are. We want to grow as people so that we can grow as a church. Now, comfort is a really good thing. I like to be comfortable a lot. Uh, But comfort often prohibits the challenge and the growth in our lives. And we all know this. Anything that we've had to work hard for in lives has made us uncomfortable at some point. Sometimes extremely so. And so as we dug into discipleship this summer, hopefully you've noticed that's what the whole summer has been about. It's been about following Jesus in his way. We've challenged the church to follow Jesus first, Jesus alone, and not the cool things that culture wants us to follow, right? To draw our life from the true vine. We want to be disciples of Jesus with our time, our resources, and our lives with all that we are. So that's one area we are going to continue to invest in and, and push and emphasize as we continue to grow as Emmanuel Lutheran Church. The second area that was identified with is this, connectedness in the body of Christ. And what do we mean by that? Well, as, as many of you know, uh, some of you have been in this church twice as long or more that I've been alive, believe it or not. And this, this wasn't a joke, it's just truth. <laughs> As well as as you know each other and are familiar with each other, and you have family here probably in many cases, we found that many in our church don't have that experience. They don't have those deep connected bonds that so many of us have come to experience. And COVID really amplified this issue, right? It really amplified this issue. So there, there has been a bigger emphasis on fellowship time when we brought that back and on care calls, and on visitation ministry, and on finding ways to help those who feel disconnected get reconnected. And hopefully you've benefited from one of those activities or those experiences. Now, this is a normal issue in small-town churches, believe it or not. Um, the, The era has passed where everybody in your town goes to church. It's just a matter of which one, right? And without an intentional effort to engage With the people that aren't connected or the people that aren't in church right now, or the next generation, or with visitors, or with the isolated members, churches tend to drift farther and farther away from the family atmosphere that many of you have experienced here at Emmanuel in the past. And Jesus is the one that brings that familial atmosphere to a church, Right? And so we want to keep working on that, and we want to reestablish that and restore that in the areas where we've lost it. We want to be more connected, like truly connected as the body of Christ with each other. And so the third big area is this, community engagement. It's no secret that our, church, our culture changed really fast around us, right? It's like every morning we wake up, there's some new crisis, some new trend, some new thing. That if you're anything like me, you just don't get it. (laughs) Sometimes you just don't get it. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the Joining Jesus on Our Mission series that we're going to do this fall. But to think that my grandmother, who passed away last year, she experienced the horse-drawn buggy and self-driving Tesla cars, right? Wow. Like, that is how much culture has changed in 100 years. And then just look at my life, okay? Um, I've experienced rotary phones attached to a wall. Raise your hand if you know what a rotary phone is. Yeah. Yep, you're all old. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I also have this thing in my pocket that has exponentially more computing processor than the PC my dad spent thousands of dollars to bring home and set on our desk in 1992 or whatever that was, right? So... Even my own life, I've seen it. I've seen culture change. I've experienced the stress of that in some ways. I've gone along with it in some ways. Maybe even ways that I shouldn't have when I look back and I'm honest with myself. But how does that affect the church? Churches often value something called homeostasis. Uh, Perry talked about this last week. We value a lack of change. Like We value steadiness and comfort and predictability. And because of that, we have a harder and harder time relating to the world around us which doesn't value those things. We have a harder time relating to the world around us if we don't continually ask God how we can grow in and reach our community. Um, One of the guys that I follow on Facebook, he's a church thinker, he he said something like this, um, the mission of the church never changes but the methodology should constantly be adapted in question, right? And the gospel never changes, but how we, the tools that we use to reach and impact our community, those are gonna have to change because culture does. And so that's an important thing for us to think about. So when we talk about community engagement, we've been working hard on a few impactful ways that we can have more of a presence in our community. And we're gonna have some of those coming out over the next few weeks and months. Um, And in this piece, like the other two areas I outlined, this is going to rely almost completely on all of us doing stuff together rather than just a few people doing everything, right? We want everybody in the body of Christ, everybody at Emmanuel, to prioritize and engage with being Christ to the community. Oftentimes the pastor is seen as the community presence for a congregation, and I get that, but that's really not my job. It's really not my job. I do it a lot because I love it. I do it a lot because I like to walk down Broad Street and pop into this business or that business and catch up with people. But that's not my job. My job is to get each and every one of you to realize that you are the face of Emmanuel to this community, that you are the face of Jesus to this world around us. That's my job. And if we all accept and live into that vision that God has given us, That purpose, God can do incredible huge things in us and through us, right? For the sake of the community, for the sake of this church, for the sake of our own growth and our own faith, and for the sake of this end vision that we talked about, the coming kingdom of God. So God often places similar visions in many different people within a community, right? And so we're at the point in this council visioning process where we've started talking about what we want to know from everybody else, right? Council's done a lot of work, uh, but we're gonna, we want to hear about your dreams, because not all of you come to our council meetings, although you probably could if you wanted to. And not all of you have maybe ever voiced a dream or a passion that you have for this church or this community. Uh, and so planting a little seed here so you can start thinking about these things, right? Um, Around or right around Rally Sunday, in about a month, we're going to be doing a simple congregational survey that's going to take some of the work we've done and then put it out to the whole congregation. And we want uh, members and regular attenders of Emmanuel to fill out this survey. And this survey is going to require you to think. These are not yes or no answers. They're not true or false answers. They're going to require you to do some reflection and to ask yourself, God, where... Where have you shown me something that I can communicate? Where have you given me a passion that I think maybe our congregation could engage with? So I want you to think about these things. How is God stirring up your heart for this community that we live in, for this congregation? And so when it comes time to do that in four weeks, you're ready, and you don't have to sit on it for three or four weeks before you answer, okay? So start thinking about those things. What are your own hopes and dreams for this church and for this place? How do you want to grow? How do you want your family to grow? Where do you see brokenness in our community that the gospel can speak into? And then we're going to take all that back and we're going to see what God is calling us to do as a congregation. So, as we wrap up this morning, let's abide a bit longer in God's word. And and I'm not going to have a big conclusion paragraph like I normally do. I'm just going to end with some of God's word that we've already heard this morning. Because Jesus says it better than me. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we praise you for being the vine, the true vine. Lord, we praise you that every every single little thing that we need to exist and to live and to find abundant life comes in and through you, Jesus Christ. Even the things that we think we're pretty self-sufficient on. Even the things that we think we excel at. Lord, we have breath because you gave it to us. We have purpose and meaning, Lord, when you give it to us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would realize this more and more fully. Lord, may we be humble people who are open to being pruned so that, so that we can produce more fruit. Fruit that will benefit this community, our families, this church. And fruit, Lord, that will give us a taste of the new heaven and the new earth and the river of life to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.